Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Derek. What's the word, baby birds? And Garrett. <laughs> hey, everybody. And uh, tonight we're going to get interrupted by load shedding. So we're bringing you the second installment in our match talk series where we uh, talk about matches we've shot recently, the experiences there, what we've learned, what we liked, what we didn't like, and uh, probably a little bit of talk about upcoming matches. So uh, do you guys want to start off with the match that all three of us shot, or do you want to start off with a shotgun? I think the shotgun. Okay, so we're doing them in chronological order. So <laughs> cool stuff. Somewhat. So uh, well, last weekend, the weekend before that, T and I and some other people did a trek up to White River. Uh, some people did a clever trek and went the day before. Yes. Some people like me did a dumb trek and went on the day. Uh, shot a spectacular shotgun match. It was uh, all bird shots. I think it was 100 and... 160 rounds or so. It was big. Yeah, 160, 160 rounds bird shot. Um, lots of big stages. I think five 28 rounders, a 12 and, round option three, and like a little 10 rounds. 10 round. That's it. Quite a quite an interesting match in terms of uh setup because of the the volume of big stages. Um also quite an interesting match in terms of um I don't want to say stage difficulty because that's not the right word. Um, they weren't stand in a box, shoot stuff stages. They weren't just stand in one place, shoot a bunch of stuff, load standing, shoot a bunch of stuff. Uh, they had a lot of, of movements, uh, lots of opportunities to load, a lot of space to load, lots of moving targets, um, thrown plays, swinging plays, really, truly an interesting match. Um, you know, the guys in White River did did an awesome job putting that match together. I mean, the facility was really good. Uh, the, the quality of the match was was really impressive. You know, just the, the build quality of, of the stages and that sort of thing. Um, challenging match. Uh, it was a... It was a it was an interesting one. They they, they added some very unique sort of uh, twists. Um, fair amount of stages that for this and 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 before everyone gets their, their sort of knickers in a knot, it wasn't exactly IPSC legal because it didn't have three two one and and some of the stages had more than twenty eight targets. They were theoretically doable in twenty eight rounds, um, but they had more than twenty eight targets. Really challenging. Um, I shot like the product of four generations of inbreeding. Um, my dad married a sister, but I'm okay. <coughs> um, <laughs> but that wasn't the match's fault. That was uh, that was me. So big ups to Irving who who put. I think he was on the he was on that range every day of January, um, putting that yeah. match together, and it showed. Um, so if you are into shotgun. Um, they have a couple of matches there. You know, they have matches there on the on the sort of semi reg. It is worth the drive up. Um, there's some very pretty scenery on the way. There's some lovely places to stay. Nelspruit is a surprisingly nice looking town. Um, sorry, Nelspruit. Uh, really, really worth the, the effort. And the guys put massive effort into their matches. So, for I think we paid. 
350 bucks a head, and that included helpers, so you didn't pick up a plate. Uh, it, it's a, it's a no-brainer. If, if you're into shotgun, you should do that. And if you're not into shotgun, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna rename this episode from match talk to straight talk. <laughs> you're not into shotgun, you're just wrong. Uh, no, it's uh, that that was that was really really good. Um, and yeah, so some interesting I, things about yeah. that match. T is uh, so you mentioned they didn't follow three to one, and that the the stages weren't all technically IPSC legal. Um, now to explain why that was, so that no one really gets their knickers in a knot. Uh, this match was used as partly a skills test, partly an equipment test, and partly training or preparation for the upcoming shotgun selection matches. Um, so their, their aim wasn't to be an IPSC legal match. Their aim was to test absolutely everything you could, well, most of the things you could realistically be expected to do in a match and test it on sort of the ragged edge. So instead of testing you with, you have to load because we've got a 13 round stage. No, you have to load because we've got a 28 round stage and another 28 round stage and another 28 round stage. Um, for that purpose, they did a fantastic job in forcing people to use their equipment, forcing us to use it frequently. So it wasn't like a, I'm doing one load now in on this stage, and then I've got three stages where I do no loads or maybe a single quad, maybe a double, and that's it. Um, everyone had to load a lot. Um, I had some equipment failure. You had some trouble with equipment. Um, well, your rig. No, my, yeah, I, my, my rig's fine. I just like your rig more. You um, didn't have failure, but you had some trouble with. I had I, failure. Yeah, yeah, you you had actual failures. I mean, I I did get to pick up rounds off the ground to finish my first stage. Uh, <laughs> At least there were rounds on the ground. Yeah, I'd thrown them there. Yeah, he put uh, them there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strategy. <laughs> he knew that he was going to go back there to look for shotgun rounds, so he put them there. Yeah, clever. Was, uh... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not often that with a twenty-eight round rig, you'll use you'll go all the way to the bottom of a twenty-eight round rig. That uh, that does add an, an interesting <clears throat> dynamic. Um, it really so. does. Uh-huh. And then a quick question from a shotgun noob. What constitutes a long stage in terms of round count for shotgun? 28 rounds. And that's a, is that the maximum you can have? Or? That, that's the max. 28 rounds on an option one or option two stage, 24 rounds on an option three stage. So option three okay. being completely empty game. Sure, sure. Okay, that's that's pretty neat then because like even if you look at like shooting a normal league or level two event, you're going to shoot maybe one of those long stages in shotgun. It's not often you're going to see more than one of those. So getting to shoot so many long stages with a shotgun that you very seldom actually see must have been really good and, and presented a lot of learning for those big stages. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like if you're a pistol shooter, you know, having a whole lot of stages where you've got to reach back to your last mag pouch. Um, you know, it, it's not, it's different, you know, it's, it's different to grabbing four rounds off the front of your belt or, or eight rounds, which is, Quite often the norm, what we see, you know, you, you've got mm. nine rounds in the gun or, or 14 in, in, in modified's case. More people shoot modified, so I can shoot modified. Um, and then, you know, you're. it's not often that you're loading a lot more than that. Um, mm. 
So it, it, it adds a different dynamic. Um, and then, you know, they had some really difficult no-shoots uh, combined with that. So, so you've got limited capacity and limited fill-ins. Um, it was, I was, I was really impressed. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely make the, the trek up to White River in future um, for more of their matches. Um, and so uh, yes. Some important lessons that we learned there with shooting sort of five 28 round stages in a row. But I don't think you would have to shoot five 28 round stages in a row. You would just need to shoot a 28 round stage where you are constantly pressing the trigger. Um, which yeah. is what we had on, on many of those. I pulled the optic off my gun a couple of days before this match just uh, to, to sort of play with just shooting a, a rib and a bead and see how I do with that in, in modified. Um, I learned rapidly as in on stage one uh, or our first stage that um, I used to like nestle my thumb against the optic. So where I put my skateboard tape so I won't burn my thumb works fantastically when there is an optic. When there isn't an optic and you get this like, I can smell cooking flesh. Oh, it's me on stage one. And then on stage two, you burn in the exact same place. And by stage three, you're fumbling your quad loads because as your left hand burns, your right hand closes and the shells aren't in alignment. Um, important <laughs> lesson learned there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was uh i'm not going to say fun i'm going to call it interesting because it wasn't fun educational educational yeah that uh, that burning sensation is the the enlightenment enlightenment of school fees yes i'll eventually exactly. get the english right <laughs> and, and and um just a quick note from team tube gun uh, i'd like to point out that the overall winner for the match was demi shooting standard Yep. Nice. Up the tube guns in a match with 28 round stages. Yep. A lot of them. Yep. Where you would think that the uh, open guns would have a distinct advantage with uh, supposedly quicker reloads. Yeah. So it's just further proof that open right guns are wrong. <laughs> they did some other interesting things at this match. Um, one of the things they did, and again, the match isn't technically IPSC legal, so don't get your panties in the knot. Um, the disappearing targets, so the thrown clays, uh, and I think two clays are like a bobber that disappeared, yeah. were set up to score as three hits paper. Yeah. So if you didn't engage them, you got non-procedural mics. Um, if you, or if you engaged them, you missed them, you got non-procedural mics. If you hit them, so you, you didn't have to engage them. No, no, I was going to say, if you, if you, if you, Engage if you didn't engage them, you didn't score any procedurals, and if yeah. you did engage them and you missed, you didn't incur any procedurals either, yeah. um, or any loss because of a mic, penalty. No, no negative yeah. scoring, no yeah. penalty. Where so, if so you for, for, did engage and hit, sorry, T, go ahead. No, just gonna, for, the, for, for the people who aren't sort of totally affair with, with IPSC scoring, uh, a miss normally nets you minus 10 points. So, so for every miss you have, so, so target that you've engaged that you haven't hit, um. They they take ten points. So if you if you've shot a twenty eight round stage, which is worth one hundred and forty points, my math yeah, my math is right. And you have a miss. They t even if you you scored one hundred and thirty five of those points, they then take ten away for the miss. Um, and if the targets 
if the target's not disappearing and you don't engage it, that's another 10 points for the procedural. So that can be, that one target can cost you 25 points, minus 10, minus 10, and the five points you didn't get. On a disappearing target, you don't have to shoot at it. You can pretend it's not there. Um, and you get no minus points. You just don't get any points for it. Sorry, just just for those of, those of you. No, no, that's that's a really good explanation. So what they did with these is shooting steel in Ipsic shotgun. Um, every plate counts or popper, plate popper, uh, thrown clay, whatever. Every target will count as an alpha if you take it down or break it. So they'll be worth five points. There's well, there, there is if we're shooting like. Buck and slug, but for the for the purposes of, of bird shot, it's either an alpha or it's a miss. Um, what they did with the disappearing targets in this match to make it uh, appealing to engage them is they set them up to be paper targets that required three rounds to score. So each target was worth three alphas instead of one. Should you engage and connect, um, which I think I don't think anyone in my squad opted to not engage those targets except for on the stage where you started. And I don't think this was a, a, a conscious, uh, I'm not going to engage them. I think the person ran their gun dry and nice. was busy jamming rounds into the gun when those two went up. So they <laughs> failed to engage them, but I don't think it was a conscious decision to do that. Um, everyone else shot all the things, didn't necessarily connect, but they attempted all of them. But that's why they did it because at, at fifteen points, it, it's not it's not worth not at least standing around at it. Um, so that was uh, I think that was quite clever. I think it was quite a clever way to kind of force you to to kind of shoot you know try everything. Um, lots of options. Uh, a lot of the stages presented a lot of options as to how you could uh, approach the stage, um, and some. I mean that. I can't remember what stage it was. It was like stage four, I think. I mean, there was there were some stages where the only like some targets you could only engage from one place, and it was a very long shot past the no shoot. Uh, that one with the swinger at the end. Um, yeah. So you had lots of options in that stage, but then there were one or two targets you could only engage from one place, uh, and and then that engagement wasn't easy. It wasn't even like you had a an easy engagement and and a more challenging one. It was shoot the target at probably 18 meters just past the no-shoot yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. Yeah, so something else with this, um, they tested, I think I mentioned earlier, but they tested all the skills. Like there was a, a, a stage, the one that you finished on, the one that I started on, mm. where if you were a left-handed shooter, you had to shoot some targets right-handed. If you were a right-handed shooter, you had to shoot some targets left-handed. There was just no option. Um, there was that stage with that, that U-shaped thing where you ran all the way to the front and then all the way back around to the other side of the U, um, which theoretically just adds dead time, but everyone had to figure out how to, or if they didn't know, had to figure out how to best move backwards with a shotgun whilst yeah. moving quickly. Um, I just copied T for that stuff. I like his technique for that stuff. Um, what I also saw quite a lot of is, uh, and I got this from you as well, T, uh, I now go over barricades when we're shooting bird shots where possible because mm -hmm. it's faster. 
Uh, lots of guys in, in my squad, at least, were doing the reverse, pull the gun back and reinsert it, which seems slower uh, to me. It also seems like a, a more of a stuff around, but it, it's, it definitely requires another really good mount. We're going over the top. I can remain shouldered, essentially. And I've seen a few guys there get uh, closer to their feet than I'd like. Uh, yeah. I don't remember that match, but it was something I've noticed when guys do that, getting getting much closer to their feet than they should have been. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I'm super muzzle aware. No, no, there was I mean there was some there was some very interesting things. Sorry, T. I think you might be having some minor internet issues. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My internet issues. Well, it makes a nice change. My internet doesn't work if we didn't uh, show. It was mine. There was just a, a little stutter um, there where I think we may have been speaking at the same time. It's like <laughs> all I said was it was interesting, ah, and then okay. there was a gap, and then you spoke. But for some reason, yes. Anywho, moving swiftly along. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> it was the internet. So uh, yeah, really great match. Uh, if you do go and shoot it, and I do recommend that you go and shoot it next year when they when they hold one again. Um, sleep over. Don't do the drive. Um, especially don't do the drive there and back. I had like a, some people a, did. I had a rather unpleasant day, I think, because of that. Um, the shooting was great fun, mm. but the getting there, I was curfew time, so I had to leave our estate at 5 a.m. so that you don't run into the police just on the outside. So at like 4:59, I was at the gate. It hit five o'clock, and I left. And I was making really good time right up to the point where I got to that mountain pass. That's the last thing you need to go through until you get into Nelspreit. Right now it is because the other road is closed. And then it was like Jam City. There was a truck that had rolled and uh, I got stuck behind a whole bunch of cars and things. And I ended up rolling into the match. I kid you not, probably 10 minutes, seven minutes, something like that, before they, they're in 10 minutes start time. Um, which is kind of unpleasant. Um, but I had your back. I told them. No, no, you, you did. You did. I walked in and they knew that I was going to be a little bit late and there were people who arrived after me who were even more late. But just the, mm. you show up and you need to like, I need to get kitted right now because we're going to start shooting. Um, which isn't what happened. There was a, a bit of a delay before we started shooting, but you get that in your head, like I'm late, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and then on the way back. Oh, fuck yeah. We had nice flooding of, uh, well, we had heavy rain followed by flooding in a section where people were driving really poorly because there was no road because yeah. it was underwater. So, <laughs> I was times. very glad to be in Nikki's Prado and not in my Kia. I was jeeping. I was fine. <laughs> okay, wait, I mean, wait, 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 wait. Jeep or Kia? For what? Well, the flooding. Jeep. Over that. I'm, I'm very surprised to hear Corn say that. Oh, no, no. It's, it, it works off-road. Uh, it's shit on-road. Well, it's kind of shit off-road too. It's just the mischief <laughs> of everything out the box. So if you're buying a car to go off-roading, you don't want to like do stuff. It's the best option. That does not mean it's not shit. Well, yeah, that's why I was just presenting the case. So check. Kia, <laughs> um, Jeep. Just... Just, just to make you feel um, better, yeah. uh, when you left home at 4.59, so to be there in time, I think we got up at half past six. I got up to 
bacon, eggs, uh, it was very nice scrambled eggs and cheese, mushrooms, I think some fried onion, some coffee. Uh, we quietly ate that. Then we, we had a leisurely 15-minute drive to the range. <laughs> I think Nikki and I were the third or fourth people there. That That's unbelievable, I know. Uh, <laughs> what I will say is, uh, <laughs> okay, but when I left the range hmm. and I drove home, and I was we at home later than you, having beer o'clock hard, <laughs> you were still on the road. <laughs> I know this, this this is true, but that's also because yeah. we stopped at Millie's and had a trout pie and fed the fish. It was a lovely trip. <laughs> Did you? You really didn't feed the fish there. the trout pipe, did you? Um, no, 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 no. I've got nothing <laughs> we, for that. We shall leave it there. <laughs> they've got like carp, like so many carp. That it looks like you can walk across them. It's fucking impressive. Anyway, uh, it, it looked pretty cool driving past. I didn't go in, but uh, yeah. it looks like a pretty nice setup overall. If if you drive past there, it's worth a stop at Millie's for their pies. Um, they do really, really nice pies. Uh, awesome. Next time. Because next time yeah. I'll be driving up the day before, <laughs> and uh, it's not—it's uh, not next year. They have matches there quite regularly, as far as I know. Um, so, oh, no, I'm just talking about the, the equivalent match of what we shot now. They have shotgun there all the time because they love shotgun. Yeah, uh, and apparently they have lots of big shotgun matches. So we'll let everyone know um, if we hear about any more. Um, there. I'll ask Irving and Mitch to let us know. Awesome, nice, and then. I suppose now is a good time to announce it. If uh, you do like shotgun, and we've discussed what to do if you don't like shotgun, um, barring any major catastrophe, on the 13th of March, there will be a shotgun extravaganza at Vector. Uh, about 111 rounds bird, 30 rounds buck, 20 rounds slug. Um, so links should be up on practice school by the time the show comes out. It's going to be a maze balls. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's more buck and slug than we've shot at local matches in forever. That's why we're doing. And if you don't want to shoot buck and slug, we, we may have an option for you to just shoot some of the stages. But get some buck and slug. Well, definitely get some buck and slug, because that's probably the only like stuff you can buy at the moment. Because <laughs> birds out of stock everywhere, so we'll we'll have an option for you to only shoot some of the stages. Those stages will be buck and slug. <laughs> I've I've got quite a bit of bird shot. As do I. I mean, you can't have any, but I've got quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect time to make fun of surname surname. Has surname surname spoken to you? Surname surname. No respect. Surname surname got bullied into shooting his first large shotgun match. Hi, surname surname. Um, at the PE Nationals in open with a borrowed gun. Yes. Hmm. We've, we've been having some conversations about ammo to try and make that thing work. Now, in his defense, it doesn't sound like he's had any issues yet. Um, but he's like, what do you shoot? And I'm like, what I shoot is irrelevant. <laughs> so I don't need 32. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work with 28. It'll probably just need, it needs to be run in. He's, he's tested some 28s and he's had good success so far. So it's looking promising. Hi, surname, um, surname. Oh, hi, surname, and, surname. And very importantly, 
a big hello to all our Filipino listeners who apparently there are some of you. So, hi guys. Yeah. I, I don't know any appropriate Filipino greetings, unfortunately. Hi guys sounds accurate. Appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Universe even. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. It. So thanks very much. And, and we hope to come shoot a match there one day. Oh, yeah. We uh, hopefully. Um, on the list. So, yeah. That is it for the uh, for the White Rivers shotgun extreme open thingy, my Bobby. Uh, T, you're shooting Tex this weekend? Yep. Yeah. Looking the time the show comes already. out, we will have shot Tex. Uh, I was practicing today. Awesome. I need a bigger nice. fan on our coffin at work. Keep the guns cool. Yeah. We've got like a, we call it the coffin. We've got like a cooling box on the range. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I shot like a case in an hour. Um, yeah, that, like that makes them hot. After the third or fourth belt, loading was distinctively unpleasant. <laughs> I yeah. found myself getting really hungry and wanting a pork sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I had that at that match when I was shooting almost 28 rounders in a row. Like I said, it's, there we go. It's, uh, how did the quad loads go with the cooking thumb? Uh, actually, much better than they did at the freaking White River match. Oh, so you need to cook your thumb more, would you say? I just need to stop sucking. <laughs> That's why you were practicing. Exactly, and I'm going to practice again tomorrow. Nice. I'll try my Benelli tomorrow. Awesome. Cool stuff. So that's that's shotgun. Uh, we hope to see all of you guys on the thirteenth uh, uh, for uh, the EG match. If we don't see you there, we'll be very upset. Um, I am working on some some stage ideas. Uh, Terry's working on some stage ideas. Uh, Gaz is going to help us with some of that stuff. So you better show up. We're putting in effort. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Cool stuff. So then, if we. Uh, divert away from shotgun for a little bit. Uh, we all got to shoot the EG Handgun League 1 of 2021 uh, on East, Sunday. Easton's first ever league. And I think it's our first level two since uh, Limpopo, at, well, at least for you and me, T, since the Limpopo level three last year. No, I, haven't right. shot, I haven't shot level two in more than a year. Yeah. This is the first non-club match that I've shot in a very long time. Yeah. And it was out fucking standing. Yeah, it was excellent. The stages were, were truly well designed. Um, there was nothing clever about them. Um, now I don't know the stage designer, but he didn't go, uh, we're going to do... There, there was a post today, and I'll try and link it at Go Fast, Don't, fu- uh, don't Suck. With the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was that for a slip. Go fast, don't suck. Uh, they had a thing where uh, when you, when it's your first match, you're the match director, and the comments like, "I'm going to do some weird shit." Um, there was none of that. This was testing DVC, and that was it. There was he no weird. Designed the stages. He's a very ex- experienced stage designer, um, and yeah, epic stage. What what was really good about the stages was the way that they were built. They were deceitfully cunning in the way that they weren't trying to entrap you. They were designed and built in such a way that you would entrap yourself, Mm. which really makes for a good stage. You know, at the end of the day, a stage designer doesn't really need to design any sort of trap that's going to cause or force you to make mistakes. 
He's there to design and build a stage that's going to test your skills and it's going to make you make the mistake, not the stage. Yeah, you, you either have the skill to execute what you've planned to do or you don't. Yeah. And those that are much smarter than me and T will go, well, I don't have the skill to execute this plan, so I'll look for an alternative, of which there were many, um, which was great. Um, and then, like Gaz said, if you were, there was quite a few places in the match where if you decided to put the pedal down and you didn't have the skill to back that up, it was going to punish you. Uh, but if you were shooting at your skill level, there was nothing there that a D-class shooter could not do comfortably. Yes. They might not be fast, but comfortably. They, there was nothing there that you looked at and you were like, man, this is a really, really tough shot. Um, what made it tough was the, 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 the going fast while still scoring the points. And you had, you had good options. You know, there, was, there, was, there was a fair amount of opportunity to shoot on the move which uh, sometimes gets a bit lacking. You know, often we shoot matches and, and the only opportunity to shoot on the move is, is either something where everyone's going to shoot on the move because the targets are in your face or where there's like one fleeting opportunity. And here there were, there were some quite high-risk opportunities. Um, so there was lots of opportunities where you could make up really good time by shooting on the move but you were shooting on targets obscured by hardcover or with no shoots or, or, or that sort of thing. And, and that's nice. So they, they weren't, it wasn't ridiculous. You weren't trying to shoot a 35 meter, um, you know, eighth of an A zone and you weren't trying to do that on the move. Uh, but yeah, you, you had to, you, you had that opportunity to go, am I going to set up it and burn these or am I going to try and shoot these on the move? Um, and I like that. You know, a stage with options doesn't just need to be, do I start on the left, do I start on the right, do I start in the middle? It can be that sort of thing of, am I going to stop and set up here? Um, am I going to try and shoot these on the move? What what order am I going to engage them in? Um, it was, yeah, I, I really so, liked it. So interestingly on that, T, and this wasn't, it wasn't like all the targets in the match had this, so it could balance but there was quite a few targets where you had dual exposure. So you could see them from two places. And the one place would be, you're shooting it from here, you're shooting it statically. Mm. You're definitely going to stand still because it's either a really long shot or it's through an aperture or, or something. Um, but if you have the fundamentals down, you can shoot really good score. On that. Mm. Um, and then you would have a second place. I'm thinking specifically of uh, that stage with uh, the, the two poppers at the back and then the uh, the two stage paper seven. targets really up close. Our second last stage. The stage one seven. Was, the long stage. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that was like, <laughs> you, you, when you when you got to the right-hand side of that stage, uh, this is stage seven for the guys who want to look up the, the course fire. Um, when you got to, all the way to the right-hand side and you were shooting through that aperture, you had the option of shooting some of those targets through there, or you could shoot them on the move moving forward as you got towards those poppers and those two close targets that were buried behind the, the cover. Um, that was a spectacular stage. Um, and I mean, that stage had everything from sort of entries. It, it, you know, if you look at a stage that covers a variety of skills, it had entries, it had exits, because there was some stuff you could only engage from, from a particular place. It had 25 meter full boards. It had one meter burn them down targets. 
there, there was that that was a classic sta- example of a stage where you could make up a lot of time by shooting on the move, but you were shooting at, at half an A zone, and and the bottom half of the target was a, was a no shoot, um, and and with some tricky sort of reloading spots in the middle as well. So yeah, I, I, that that particular stage stood out. I really liked that, and I liked that one. Um, I think it was the one before. Was it the one before that where you could lean on the one target and then it had that uh, that tuxedo target in the middle and that that was a, yeah it was so the one just before that lots of options um, you could shoot pretty much the whole thing on the move if you had the balls um, or you could kind of set up and, and and burn things down yeah that that stage had some really um, it didn't have particularly difficult shots as a as an exercise of stand here, shoot that target. Um, however, some of it where you could potentially save some time, I'm thinking about the, the, the start position that we all picked, where you had a popper, I think you had a partial above it, and then you had a, a lean to the left to shoot the target on the right around the barricade uh, with, with a bit of distance on it. Um, you had a second exposure on that target that you could theoretically take on the move from somewhere else, but the the time to engage that was quite slim. If you were moving, uh, you would you would you could quite easily move past the aperture where you you could actually get rounds off at that target. Um, that was a really interesting stage. Uh, especially mean, that with, target, mm-hmm. going that target you're talking about, corn, where you could either take it on the lean or take it through the aperture. I mean, that window of opportunity to keep moving on that target, seeing it from the second position, was difficult when we were air gunning it. So if we put a gun in our hand, it's going to be oh, yeah. even worse, you know. So you got to weigh it up. And the one guy I think in our squad did actually take it from that aperture, and he ultimately had to stop so that he could get the two shots off on that target. Yeah, he was completely I mean, stationary. That 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 particular target had had a surprising amount of misses on it. Um, but but hooking up to something Corn said earlier, there was nothing in that stage that a newbie couldn't shoot. You know, yes. You, you may rather than try and lean it or shoot it on the move, you may have picked a spot, set up, get your sights on it and shoot it. But there wasn't, there wasn't a target on that stage, or to be honest, I don't think there was a target on that in that match that, that a, a beginner-level Ipsic shooter couldn't take. Um, they just, but there were also opportunities for, for the, the more experienced guys, the guys who were sort of vying for, for a, a better result. To take a chance, um, and that's nice. You know, it, it's you know, you shoot some matches where everything's just a hose at point blank range, and it, it really a it's boring, and, and, and b it turns into who, who gets lucky. Um, you know, those sort of stages you sometimes see guys hook up and get lucky and get a stage win, and every other stage they shot a thirty percent, maybe not a thirty percent, but a sixty percent. Um, whereas this. There wasn't an opportunity to do that, um, but there was an opportunity to to push and and make an you know make up some time uh, if if you had the balls. Yeah, and there were a couple of big ball stages at this match. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So just to pick up on that again, there was not a single shot in this match that is difficult to do that you were forced to do given no time limit, um, yeah. which means that every single new shooter that attended, I don't know how many were there, but every single new shooter would have been able to shoot 
really good score at this match. Even if they weren't able to to do that at a really sort of competitive time, they would have been able to to make good score happen, which is not true of many matches. Um, and then the 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 burn it down hoser targets. Um, there was one on our very first stage, the one that you ran past shooting uh, uh, gangster teabag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very well balanced out by other targets with with some some distance and some uh, some potential penalties uh, in in hard cover and one or two of them had no shoots on them. Um, stage seven that we spoke about, the one that we all really really liked, uh, that had two burn them down targets, four burn them down targets because yeah. you had two through the aperture on the right and you had two at the very front where you stopped. But the rest of it was really well balanced in things that. If you were a an experienced shooter, you can do on the move, but perhaps not particularly aggressively on the the splits. Um, and some other stuff where you had to be stationary to shoot it, and that demanded fundamentals from you, which is fantastic. Um, I the can't think thing, of yeah. anything else that was pure. Like none of the other stuff was hose. Mm-hmm. Um, our very last stage had some stuff that theoretically you could burn down really quickly, but the targets on the on the right hand side, the first targets that we had to shoot was through a low aperture. Um, the second set of targets on the right that you could shoot had sort of limited exposure as you were walking past them. So they were they were they were very well balanced in. Um, you could be fast, but you had to be precise. It wasn't just go past and go papa and leave because uh, that would that would have punished you at this match. Yeah, it was really nice to to, and we're seeing it pop up a little bit more and more regularly depending on which matches we're going to. But we're seeing more and more matches that are presenting a better balance like that. Um, this match really stood out as as exceptional in terms of level two. But we're seeing more and more matches that are presenting stages and balance that's more equipped for like a national level sort of match. You know, we don't need to have 30 meter or 30 yard partials with no shoots and 50% of the A-zone to test a shooter. You don't need those sort of things. And it's really nice to see these sort of matches coming through that even though there's nothing that's super demanding of you or strikes fear into you when you actually see it, and you're still getting taught lessons and making mistakes and those kinds of things. You know, you the, at the end of the day, if you can present a course of fire that makes the shooter make his own mistakes without the course of fire forcing him to make a mistake. That's normally going to mm. present an exceptional match. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like, like that stage seven we were talking about, I shot two Charlies on that stage, one of which was at a 25-meter full board and one of which was at a half-meter. Literally, yep. the target moved from my muzzle blast and I managed to hit a Charlie because I gave it zero respect. Um <laughs> And and guys, forget that you you know it, it it can be so easy that you're just chopping across to the next target that a target you could touch your gun with you don't hit the zone um, and and I think that's but there was also what what worked really well there was that there was a lot of distance switch ups in the stage so you'd go from shooting a what was that a twenty meter popper it was two what 15, 20 meter poppers to yeah. a, a target right in front of you. To a target at fifteen meters, um, and the target at fifteen meters was a was a tux. Hmm. It was a an A zone representation. So you went from two not particularly challenging poppers 
except for the bit of distance on them, to two not challenging at all targets, except for trigger freeze or perhaps something like not paying it any respect and over swinging, uh, or not even using your sights at all and just going apart, uh, to a, a shot that you really need to pay some respect to with that tuxedo. Uh, again, not a difficult shot given no time limit, um, but when you're pushing, um, you there needs to be some visual patience there where you're putting stuff in the hard cover all day. Ask me how I know. I mean, I didn't do it that, I had to put one in the hard the cover. Match, and all three of them were in hard cover, and all three of them were so close that I think if I gave you the right look, you would have called it as a cutting shot. <laughs> well, you should have given him that look then, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Probably is, 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 is that when you're looking up at him from about groin level and all you can really see is the forehead and your forehead and, and your eyes looking at him? Allegedly. <laughs> um, and I mean, the, what, what was interesting from it is that we've had basically a drought in matches. Um, we had the level three late last year that I don't, none of us attended. I couldn't get to yeah. it. We've had a complete drought of matches across the board and after we shot this league on Sunday, what I realized is that we need to take as much opportunity as we can to shoot as many matches that we can, provided we know that they're going to be presented as good matches. You know, you get a feeling for what's going to be a good match, what maybe it's not going to be a good match for you at the time. So one thing I learned is that that drought of matches, even though I have the ability to maintain myself at the matches, I noticed that due to the lack of matches, there's been a change in basically matches for me personally. And I don't know if you two found similar things. I don't know if that was just because this was a level two, uh, but it's something that I've been working with across the last couple matches. Mm. Yeah, it's match. that match fitness that we keep mm. mentioning. Go ahead, T. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, sort of match fitness. And that's not just about physical fitness. It, match practice is a thing. Keeping your head in the game for a, for a whole match and and that there were a couple of stages where we all missed some really advantageous stage plans um, because it just didn't occur to us. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's the thing as well that I think two years ago, we probably would have seen them straight away. Um, and at this one, we, we kind of just fell into the trap of, of, shooting the stage uh, everyone's kind of walking it through like this this is probably the logical way um, and I think that's a that's a lack of of, of match time lately yeah absolutely because I mean the sort of conclusion that I came up to after today's match which we'll get to now was that we've been we might have been doing a lot of practicing and normally our practicing is an isolation of a certain skill that we're working through repetition or whatever we're going to be working on in practice has very little to do with the actual part of practicing to compete. And with those matches missing, we don't have an easy opportunity to practice to compete. You know, I can't go to the range and build the mini stage and practice to compete, if you know what I'm saying. It's also a completely different environment. So I think that lack of matches is something new to me. I mean, we've always shot plenty and plenty matches, and now we've been forced into that drought. So it's been an interesting learning curve with that that lack of practicing to compete, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. So, yeah, I, I suspect that we've all been struggling with that lack of match fitness, like he said, just just doing stages the way that the the very first person to walk onto the stage when they say, okay, you may walk through, 
whatever that person does is basically what everyone else did. Um, maybe not not the exact same target order, but if they walk the stage right to left, chances are that the rest of the squad were going to walk the stage right to left, and chances are the squad's going to shoot it right to left. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just what happened. And he said there was at least, and there might have been more, but there was at least one stage where our entire squad shot it literally right to left. Um, and then Austin walked over and he was like, uh, dude, if you guys just looked at it from the other side, moving the other way, the stage was, it's much faster going that way. Um, and I don't, I don't think any of us even looked at it. No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I mean, that, that first stage we shot as well, Albert shot that we all started on the right. Albert shot started on the left. On the left, yeah. And I was guilty of that as well because I walked on the stage, wanted to shoot it from the left, saw everyone else going from the right and went, oh, obviously I've missed something. Yeah, and that's, that's literally not something that would have happened two years ago mm. um, because you would go, cool, you guys do what you're doing, but uh, this is the plan where I feel confident. Mm. This is the plan where it's got slightly better flow for me. Not that flow is an important thing in the stage, but finding flow in your plan is advantageous. Um this is the way that I'm going to do it regardless of what everyone else is doing. Um, two years ago, we wouldn't have had that problem where, oh, we're all doing the same thing. But then I wouldn't uh, have had the opportunity to gangster that target. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> you could have still gangstered it. It would just have been... <laughs> it been like a left-handed... Like a slightly like awkward... A, I, I suppose I could have John Wicked it and done like a center axis reload. Relock if I went the other way. I mean, you could have done that. Pew, um, pew. So, uh, something that was really interesting about this match, it was spectacular in terms of stages, uh, the way it was run. It was a great match. There wasn't a single swinging target. Yeah. New club. And the match range. didn't need it. Hmm. I mean, it, swinging targets are great. They taste a whole bunch of skill. They're, they're, good to have it matches but this sort of showed that you don't have to have it in a match for it to be a really good skills test yeah um, also not not an overuse of steel um appropriate use of steel would probably be the the, the right way to put it yeah um, so there were steel in places where it it made sense and where you had to pay that steel some respect to get it down before you moved um but it wasn't like all steel stages with a single border paper up to make it legal, that kind of stuff. So yeah, really, really great match. Well done to the guys involved in the planning, setting up execution of that. Um, plenty more matches to come from, from EG. We hope that you guys will, will be joining us at matches in the future, uh, especially the shotgun matches coming up, but handgun matches too. Um, so Mr. Gaz, you alluded to today's match. With uh, with match fitness, do you wanna you wanna start telling us about today's match? Yeah, so Corne and myself got out to go and shoot the Golden City midweek match today, which uh, that's that's the second time I've managed to get out to to the midweek, and both times I've been very impressed with the with the match that they presented in terms of balance, um, which which is really nice to go out and and have that midweek match opportunity. And 
we get to enjoy the course of fire for what it presents. Um, Gorn, I think we shot six stages today. We shot six stages and a hundred and thirty-one rounds minimum. Yeah, yeah. That's a, right. a couple. I don't know. <laughs> I shot I'll tell you about the round five in a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, uh, but yeah. Okay. No, I was I was answering T's question. I fired 146 and Albert got to test my gorgeous Glock 35. So that was minus five. So I fired I fired 141. So you fired 10 more rounds than you were supposed to. Yeah. But oh. they they when they were in the ammo box, they said we deserve to fly. Let it go. <laughs> so I let it go. The important bit was you fired them rapidly. Yes. So they, they didn't hurt you. They didn't hurt your performance because they went so quickly. That's what yes. she said. <laughs> uh, so what did you find in the match that uh, that made you think of match fitness? What what was happening? So, no, the match fitness thing or, or the, the practicing to compete side of things has been happening over the last couple of matches that I've got to shoot. Um, and then today, after this match, that's sort of when I put it all together is – Today I had a slightly better outlook from Sunday and I managed to learn from Sunday with the stage planning and all that. So we, I got a better opportunity to look at different stage plans today and look at different ways from what the other guys are doing it and, and not just walk onto the stage and plan the stage like everyone else is doing. It. Um, and, and what was nice about it was that that came in swings and roundabouts. There were a couple of stages where the plan that I had come up with was advantageous to me. And other times where I had gone through that plan once or twice and I'm like, hang on, this maybe is not the correct plan. And I had had the time to alter that plan before I shot. So there's still some of that where we're still going to be getting back into that competing mode uh, that, that we'll have to learn out with the stage planning side. But overall, like the more matches that I've shot, the better mental consistency and those sort of things that have come out in the matches. You know, so it's, it's just a case of getting into that practiced state again. Yeah, um, the uh, that whole paying attention and and finding the way that you wish to shoot it, I think, really showed today on some of the stages. Um, if we look, for instance, at that uh, that that illegal stage, <laughs> the ten round stand in the box stage, ten round stand in the box empty sod stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry for that static one. reload, corn. Uh, hey. I did a static reload. I won the stage <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about now is that I won the stage by a lot, despite the fact that I shouldn't have. And I think this all comes down to, to what you're saying was selecting the order that works for you. Um, so just to explain the stage, I uh, stand in a, in a little square box. Um, it was a 10 round stage. Mag inserted chamber empty. You had on the left hand side a partial with a no shoot showing like 30% of the ASO, something like that. Then you had four poppers. Yeah, four poppers, mm. a clamshell, and another full board on the right. Yeah, that's 10. So the order that so the order that I selected was to shoot the partial, shoot the activator, shoot 
three poppers shoot the clamshell, shoot the last target. And a whole lot of other guys tried other plans to make more time to shoot the, the clamshell. For some guys, that paid off. Uh, they, they landed two really nice rounds on the clamshell, but it was kind of slow because you shot the activator and waited. Um, for other guys who chose something a little bit more spicy, there was a, there was a couple of hits on the no-shoot that resulted in, in, in my no-shoot. Um, you hooked up on that pretty well, Gaz. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was okay. <laughs> that, that pause makes me think that you don't think so. Um, so what happened there is guys were shooting a different order to what I had planned to do when I walked onto the line. I was, I don't know, a couple of shooters in. I decided to do the spicy plan. And despite the fact that I missed one of the poppers and you know, I only had 10 rounds in the gun, the timing worked out perfectly. Um, the standing reload cost me. I had to go back for that popper. But beyond that, it showed everyone that shot after me that that plan wasn't only possible, it was sensible. Yeah. Because it was the fastest way to shoot that stage. And it had, if you executed it, it had very little risk. In, in actual fact, that's, that's right. Because we initially came up with this idea of we're going to do it this way. Which when you first look at it, it's fairly risky. I mean, you're going to draw onto the partial on an unloaded gun. You're going to activate, shoot three other poppers that are probably what were, would you say they were corn 15 to 17 meters away? 15? Dude, they're, they're, they're at the back of that stage. They're at least like 15, 16, 17 meters away. They're, they're at the back of that stage. And then we're going to go on to the activated target, which is the clamshell, and then finish up on the full board. And you sort of get into the state... And it's again, it comes back to this practicing to compete thing where you're like, I have to do this quickly because of the activating target. And I fell into that trap of trying to do it too quickly. And then I missed two of the poppers and I got the clamshell and went back for the other poppers and then finished up. And it was okay. I didn't have any scored errors or anything like that. But had I just shot when my sights told me to, there was more than enough time to clean that stage in a very good time with very good score. You know, so... It, 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 that was actually, it turned out to be an interesting stage because it was deceiving in the way that the guys took the safe route. They lost a fair amount of time going the safe route because it's now a short stage. So your time and points are, are very relative. Um, and the guys who went with the bigger plan, well, most of the guys who went for that that um, that more spicy plan, as we've been calling it so nicely, um, also managed to keep up with a, with a good time and a good score. You know, I think if if we hadn't, you know, uh, myself, you and Zama, I think we all ran the same plan. Had yeah. we, and especially Zama and I, if we had chosen not to try and go too fast on the stage and just shot when his dot told him to and when my sights told me to, it's actually a fairly straightforward stage. Yep. And this is this is a classic example of walking up to a stage of being intimidated by targets and then choosing either a suboptimal plan or target order, which would be a better word here. So choosing a suboptimal target order to try and reduce perceived risk, um, or choosing a better plan from a from a speed point of view that, that has a little bit of risk, and then falling into the trap of I have to rush these relatively easy shots in order to make it to that disappearing target. So disappearing target, but before the, the no shoot enters the the game, um, when you actually have way more time than you need to make it happen. Um, and this is, again, I think something that probably would not have 
mattered to most people, or most people, us, this group, um, if we had been shooting matches like we did two years ago, three years ago. Because you would have walked up to it like, I've shot clamshells a lot. And you shoot them with, maybe not as regularly as a swinger, but you shoot them relatively often. Where this is the first time that we've shot a clamshell in like a year. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's interesting to see how your, your perception of the targets change with uh, the passage of time. If you haven't shot them recently. Yeah. Um, the match was, uh, it had some particularly punishing targets. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I bled some points, but I didn't really end up with, uh, with too much issue on some of the, the, the more difficult shots of this match. But we had those poppers on stage one, those four poppers in the center on that mirrored stage. Um, those proved to be quite difficult um, for for some people. I ended up doing another standing reload there, 21-round stage. Um, In classic, never. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I missed sorry, one of the Sorry, just, just a second for Adrian. <laughs> he stabs you. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I mean, now we're giggling and he's going to stab all of us. Um, <laughs> uh, those proved to be, I think, pretty intimidating for people. Mm. They were small. They were quite far away. And even in production, you didn't have that much of a, uh, a spare ammo on blood. No. No, because, because I mean, on, on that stage, I think I ran a 12-12. I think it was a 24-round stage. Uh, I think it was a 21-round stage. Oh. So it's... I mean, it could have been a 24. I was planning to do two reloads, and I ended up doing three. So... No, it was a nine-round uh, stage. That's <laughs> <laughs> bitches. Um, yeah i think just because of the the way the stage was set up with that that mirror meant that you shot eight you potentially shot 12 rounds and eight rounds Mm -hmm. so i suppose that doesn't make sense as a 21 round stage 20 rounds it was 20 round 20 round stage yeah so in production on one of the sides after you've shot your your eight rounds, you did not have a massive amount of ammo left in the gun before you had to move, do your reload and engage from the other side. Um, that sort of 12 and eight, or in my instance, I did uh, 10 and 10, uh, it was cutting it pretty close, I think, for definitely for, for classic, for, for production, it was pretty close, um, especially on those those poppers way at the back, mini poppers. Um, yeah, that, that was interesting. And then on the, the last stage that we shot, we had that uh, 22, 23 meter full board. Uh, yeah. From where I shot it, you could shoot it from a little bit closer if you shot it from the front. Oh, yeah. Yes. So you yeah, got, For you, you it was like 25 meters, yeah. Yeah. And then we had that at 18 meters or so, we had a, a partial with... I don't know. Very little of the A zone show. 
Uh, I know. Yeah, you know, because... <laughs> that doesn't sound positive. He, it is because I got to learn again. He he may have clipped innocence. No, 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 no. I just oh, shot one over shot, the top. You shot over the top. Albert shot yes. innocence. Albert yes. played the, the hostage. That's right. No, he, sh- he shot two beautiful alphas and then filled it in with a no-shoot. <laughs> and they were beautiful, T. They were like touching the two alphas that he shot. <laughs> with them zero mic bullets. Well, that's not a mic. A no-shoot is not a mic. So it's truth in it. No, no. We're talking about the two alphas that were touching. Yeah, they were beautiful. Uh, like really solid shooting. Um I don't know what else really stood out for this match, guys. The the dual swinger was in it was interesting. That was a neat little stage, yeah. So uh, small little rectangular shooting area. Um, you can shoot around the left, the right, and a small sort of opening. In the, it's not an aperture, but a small break between the, the barricades in the middle. Uh, four steel poppers on the left. Then you have through the center. You have an activator popper. Two swingers that's, that, that sort of intertwine as they're swinging. And on the other side, you had three. Uh, three targets. Had, one, the closest one was a partial. Yeah, so to partial and then two full boards. Um, yeah. Quite varied plans on that from people, uh, on, on where to activate and then where to shoot the swingers from. A um, couple of people, I think, chose to stop in the middle, activate, and wait and shoot the swingers. Yeah. Uh, I activated with a lean on the left and then ran to the right and then shot around with a lean from the right. Mm. Um, you shot the activator in the middle without stopping and then shot, finished the stage up from the, uh, from, from the right. Yeah. And it was nice to see a stage with options like that, where the guys are all doing different things. I love stages like that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the, the way that people think about this. Um, so interestingly, we, we observed something really cool on the stage, T. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't there. I went no, first. Not. Some of us worked for them. I went first. And on the partial on the right, it wasn't a particularly difficult shot. I shot just above the nose shoot in the alpha, like, like just, like a centimeter or maybe less than that, above the nose shoot into the alpha. And then a second round a little bit higher in the alpha on that. And then on the back target, because I was rushing to get to the swingers, I shot two nice, close, like touching um, Charlies just outside the edge, but like upper, I'll send you a picture of upper right-hand corner. Gaz followed me on that stage. Gaz shot, we were the first people to shoot that stage. Gaz shot rounds into the patch that high above the no-shoot where I had shot and then shot two holes in the patches in the Charlie. On the back of the on the other target where I shot, he's so, a shelf like that though. A couple of people followed that though. Like, it was interesting. Yeah, by the end of the squad, I mean there was a there was a considerable like blob of patches, if you want to call it that, in those areas that Cornet had started. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at the patches and shooting there. It's like, well, this one carries high risk of shooting the no shoot if you shoot where I shot. And the one at the back is not great for scoring. <laughs> so <laughs> why are you all shooting here? <laughs> bravery. It's interesting. Sorry, T. I said bravery. Bravery. Because <laughs> hmm. what you need to be brave is that extra two Charlies that I gave. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I haven't, um, I've never seen something like that. Quite a, we had some issues on our last stage with uh, activators not working. Second last um, stage. Second last stage. Yes, second last stage. Um, with activators not working, mm-hmm. um, that was unfortunate. Uh, Gaz set up the, the swinger the same way and it failed. So it would activate when we test it and then you would set up the exact same way and it would fail to activate when the popper got shot. Um, oh. So one of the shooters in our squad, I was feeling so sorry for him, um, on his very first run through that stage, he had a spectacular malfunction. Um, like, it was heartbreaking to watch. He What happened? He, the, the round, essentially the bullet ended up getting compressed back into the case uh, when it slammed into the feed ramp. That expanded the case and it then wouldn't go into the chamber and wouldn't come out. Thank goodness for him, he, there, there was a range failure. So he got a do-over. Um, but he spent a lot of time trying to fix that thing before they called the, the range failure. Um, and he was working really, really hard to make that work. But like the gun was having none of it. Then he had a second run through and he had another failure on that same swinger where it wouldn't activate. And then on mm. his third run, he's like, screw it. Like, <laughs> and then the, the popper activates, uh, the, the swinger activated, he shot my score on the swinger. He got to the back and they had a, a steel no-shoot on Brandon mm. that was covering a target. Yeah. Which had been hit by a previous shooter that broke the brand ring because you have a steel, a massive steel no-shoot strapped to some brand ring. And uh, when he got there, that target fell off as he fired his last round on that target. And he was like, I'm not doing another one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a shitty day. Yeah. Um, Yeah, heartbreaking to see him try to fix that gun. Like, he was working hard. You could see that he, he, I mean, he's shooting a 2011. He understands my functions. Um, but, like, he, he was, like, he, he racked it. Then he went to a tap rack. Then he went to a second mag, tap rack. Then he went to a third mag. <laughs> and, like. 2011, double the stack, double the malfunction. Uh, it was a great day on the range, though. Um, lots of stuff learned. Um, I started heating up towards the end of the day. Uh, things improved substantially. The And I think this is back to that match fitness thing. I think I was lacking a little bit of confidence going into this match. Um, and I think it showed in the first couple of stages. Hmm. And then when 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 things started going right, it uh, they really started going right. Um so, T, you were talking about the, the ammunition fired. Um, I did not load ammo for this match. I took what I had left over from the league, and uh, I had uh, a box of those those extra oh. 3% ammo. 380 long rifle. Yeah. So, I, I had some of that, which was in magazines. And uh, partway through one of my best stages, one of the two that I won today, um, like things start changing. Like this gun's a lot loud. It's barking. <laughs> it's it's a little bit more feisty. Um and then I finish the stage and Gaz is like, that looked good. I'm like, yeah, it felt good, but fuck something happened in the middle of the stage. Like something changed. 
was like, oh, I ran into one of those mags. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit weird having a, a massive change in the, the recoil impulse and things sort of mid stage. Yeah. Um, I do not recommend, don't do it if you, if you can at all avoid it. Um, but do it to your mates because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, especially if you can like, if they're shooting that like 150 grain soft and flat with two to one like smoke blower powder and stuff. If you can swap in some like 115 grain. <laughs> Even better, some 90 grain like eliminators or something. <laughs> some super light stuff. My guns won't do that, so we'll be okay. But <laughs> Pew pow! Like for some reason, for the longest time, and I think I don't know if he does anymore, but Buddy Eagleton always used to shoot 115 grain bullets in his shadow. And you could always hear him in the squad when he was shooting because his gun sounded like he was shooting fucking magnums. Like everyone would be like, ba 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 ba. And he'd like, ba 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 ba. I literally experienced that because, I mean, when you're shooting the ammo in isolation, you don't, rec- you, you don't realize that because. Well, they all sounded like that. But when you're going, pa, 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 sticking a reload, then pa, pa, like, hmm, this is, this is different. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a really good day on the range. Um, guys worked hard. Everyone reset. Everyone picked up. Um, especially no Lionel. Hi, Lionel. <laughs> was there no one shooting open? Not in our squad. We, we had some PO, we had some production, we had some standard, and we had two classic. Yeah, we were no. only really missing open, weren't we? We're pretty close revolver. to revolver. I mean, no one misses revolver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Neil shot it with his uh, Glock 19, his carry gun. And he, actually he shot really well. And the, yeah. the dude smoked it. Yeah. Like, and and what we have to say with good that, shooter. He didn't yeah, he shoot is. it from a from from an appendix rig, so he wasn't shooting open. But he shot it from like a pancake holster that was against his body, and from one of those Daniel's two mag pouches right up against the body uh, mag pouches. He he wasn't. He, it wasn't a great like uh, he didn't have a great equipment advantage. Really, really good at shoot. Neil's fundamental skills are really impressive. Yeah, um, he's a he's a very very solid. Shooter. Yeah. Yeah. I think he won production, didn't he? He mm. did. He did. Uh, Zama did really great stuff and then he had to leave. So he sort of speed ticketed through his last two stages. And oh, uh, that visibly hurts him. Mm. Um, I didn't see him shoot the second to last stage because he sort of skipped past the squad that he was shooting with to that stage to go shoot and then came back to shoot that stage with us. Uh, but he, it hurt him. Like he, he had no walkthrough through the stage other than the one that he did as he was doing his load make ready. Um, he watched other guys shoot it and sort of formulated a plan from that. And you could see that he was, uh, he didn't quite know where the targets were. He knew what the plan was based on watching other people, but uh, he, 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 there was no visualization that happened before that of, of exactly where to go. And the, the difference that it made in his game was noticeable. Like he wasn't the dude that we normally shoot with on that stage. 
So what you're saying is I'm going to try and interview with Zama's visualization when we shoot together. Uh, if okay. you can get him to have to leave rapidly uh, and speed ticket through um, so he doesn't get any walkthroughs, I think that's an effective strategy. Cool. So interesting. I mean, I didn't, I didn't say that, Zama. I, didn't, I don't condone this activity at all. I'm highly against it. T, don't do that. It was Korn's idea, Zama. Sorry, Zama. Okay, so if, if we if we exclude the last stage, which was our second last stage, so Zama shot um, our second last stage as his last stage, but his second last stage, um, which was our last stage, he won combined by eleven percent. Shit, I mean that's dramatic. Yeah, that dude is a beast, though. Yeah. Yes, he is. Which is yeah. also one of his speed ticket stages. You know, I I just went to have a look quickly. He won combined. Yeah, no, no. So so he he did still do really well but he would have smoked it even more if he had the opportunity to do another walkthrough and a little bit of visualization yes and that that 11 percent isn't what he was capable of yes the man can shoot he's a beast he is a beast yeah he really is um yeah guys is there anything else that you want to touch on for that match you know, it was a it was a really nice day out i think it ran a little bit longer than they usually do yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It's the second midweek that I've got to shoot and I'm I'm really impressed by it. So the more I can get out to the better. Uh, I think it was my fourth or my fifth one that I've shot and they've all been great. Yeah. So no, we'll keep going as often as we can. We now just need to get T out to one at some point. Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen for a bit. Yeah, no, we know that you have to like you know, pretend to work, but at some point we might be able to get you out there because um, they really are well with it being a Wednesday it's mean I'd end up not going to the office at all pretty much ah. but it's work yeah oh. it's marketing this, this year's about shotgun yes maybe some PCC I mean I'm keeping my eyes on the prize trying I, not to I buy another shotgun that if you showed sorry if, if you showed up with a shotgun at a pistol match I'm not sure that anyone's going to argue with you. I'll shoot shot. Cool stuff. When is the next time we're all shooting together again? So T's shooting takes this weekend. Uh, we're not. Because you suck. Um, I think there's a long gun match at Vector on the 20th, but Gaz will have think, some bullshit excuse. Yeah, I've got puppy school. Uh, I think that's, that's the same day that Spartan Arms have a club shoot as well. And then the 6th of March is the Vector Club shoot and AGM. So that's kind of important. Okay, cool. So it'll be the 6th of March that we'll, we'll all be back together again, it seems. Yeah. We're looking forward to. We'll um, nationals in like just over a month. Fuck. Maybe I yeah, should dust off my PCC and try and see how it works. That sounds like a good idea. Hmm. So before we, we, we wrap this one up, um, I want to say to uh, Jennifer, because Navarro will be listening. She shot a great match, being her first, um, I guess it's her first league. I'm not sure if she shot any other matches. And then to Shaw, who uh, shot his first level two, and uh, he did really well. He, he had some, some issues in the first sort of two stages, I think, when he was getting a little bit uh, caught up in, in trying to do things that other people were doing. But after that, he shot a solid match. Uh, so well done, dude. We hope to see you at some more of these. We weren't expecting to see you at any after you got married. So 
for a please. <laughs> yeah, good job, Charles. He uh, he stepped up. He did good work. Uh, and yeah, I think that was only the second time Jennifer had shot that particular gun. Um, so she yeah, really it's like and she brand new with us, more importantly. Yeah. You I don't know how. But... Everyone. <clears throat> Ignoring that topic. <laughs> <laughs> cool stuff. We we probably need to start wrapping this one up because T and I are going to get hit with uh, load shedding in the next sort of 15 minutes or so. Thanks, Cyril. Thanks, Earl. So, <laughs> Ms. Ravens, do you want to lead us out? Is there, oh, are there any thanks that we need to do? We obviously need to say uh, thank you very much to Zero Mike. Uh, it was nice being on the range today with uh, with Team Zero Mike. Um, store is up. Bullets are available. Uh, Gaz can still get you a discount code if you uh, get in contact with them when you place your orders. Um, T has named some new colors, I believe. So... That's exciting. At the moment, you don't know what colors you're getting. So what I suggest you do is you smarty box them and uh, just just buy like a thousand of each color. See which one you like best. A thousand? Only well, a thousand. then you see, what, you see what you like best and then you buy more. So you get a big discount of 10,000 and then you use Gaz's code and you get an even bigger discount. So you're saving money. The more you buy, the more you save. Awesome. We are the not an FSB, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are not an authorized FSB. Is what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was a qualified something under the National Credit Act back in the day. I can't remember what it was called. No, 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 no. I had like a financial qualification, like a little. It was like a one-day thing. Sorry, that's completely irrelevant. It's just occurred to me now. Well, like now a, we know. <laughs> I have skills. Mad skills, yo. Mad skills. Now we know. Uh, we've said thanks to our Filipino listeners. We'd like to once again thank our listener in Vietnam. Um, please reach out. We yeah, he still hasn't, but please do. Yeah, please do. Feelings. Um, we've abused surname, surname, and shawl. Thanks to Christian for continually sharing this content. We do appreciate it. Um, we we should also it. say. We, we didn't personally witness this, but uh, I've been told. Um, so, Christian and uh, surname surname, we would like you to thank. We would like to thank you guys for all the range entertainment you uh, you provided on Sunday for your squad mates with your non-functioning guns. Um, <laughs> apparently, the number of clicks minus bang were spectacular out of those two. Oh, did the M and P do it as well? The M and P did it as well. <laughs> Apparently, a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on that bombshell, put, put your joy away. <laughs> oh, and and for the record, that light strike I had with the shadow, that was a faulty primer. I can tell you that because I took that round, and I hit the primer twenty-five more times, and it still didn't go. No. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Damn. So that primer had no zuft. We, we have figured out what was wrong with my gun with those two uh, light strikes that I had. Uh, I think it was you limp wristing. <laughs> Seriously, I wasn't pulling the trigger hard enough to sit around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to squeeze hard. Um, there was some, uh, 
some copper shavings from a, uh, a a brand of ammo that does not work particularly well in uh, in the 1911s in the firing pin temp. So I cleaned that out oh, and so that'll do it. Fixed. So that'll do it. Yeah, yeah malfunction free day for you. Yeah, time. Pretty cool. And you said ammo. What he said. What he said. My professional opinion as a Colton Glock armorer. And all around nice guy. And all around nice guy. Allegedly. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and all- <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it now. And on that bombshell, later losers. <laughs> Oh, well done, guys. <laughs>